I'm starting a new series today on spiritual gifts. And my overall theme, my overall title for the series is God's people are spiritually gifted. And you can be sure today, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and if you are a child of God, you do, then all of the capacities, all of the potential of the Holy Spirit is within you, and God can manifest him in your life, through your life, in extraordinary ways. When we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, we are not just talking about the gift of God, of salvation, saving faith. We're not just talking about growing as a Christian, the fruit of the Spirit, and discipleship, and persevering faith. We're talking about something that's like the icing on top of that, God manifesting himself through your life and in your life to be a blessing. Now, I'm going to turn you to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. Genesis, chapter 20, I beg your pardon. Genesis, chapter 20, and verse 1. And we're going to look at an incident in the life of Abraham. Abraham prays for Abimelech in order for him to be healed. And yes, yes, we are in the Old Testament, and we are talking about the Holy Spirit, and we are talking about spiritual gifts. For as long as ever the Holy Spirit was on this earth, which began at creation, when God's Spirit was moving, he's never left, he's always been working, and he's been working through God's people, and we're going to look at Abraham's story today. Genesis 20, verses 1 through 7. And Abraham journeyed from there to the south, and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerah, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken. She is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she's my sister? And she even herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Verse 17, so Abraham prayed to God and healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children. We're going to see how Abraham's spiritual gifting relates to our lives today. And here's the bottom line. You know, when uh, each of these sermons, I, I produce a question sheet to go to the cell leaders for application uh, to your lives, and, and this is what you're going to be discussing in your cell groups, looking at this point. God enables those whom he calls. God enables those whom he calls. He may call you to something that you think, I can't do it. It's impossible. God says, I can. 
and I'm going to help you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He empowers us to fulfill God's purpose. Highly gifted people. Have you ever met anybody like that? Well, in history, we know many of them. Mozart. Mozart learned the piano when he was three years of age. By the time he was six, he'd written three musical compositions and was really performing in public. We think of very intelligent people, highly gifted, highly intelligent people, Einstein, Stephen Hawking, Heather Cameron Hayes. Who's Heather Cameron Hayes? Don't you watch The Voice? She got it to the semi-final. 70-year-old student, Heather, has an IQ of 163, which is higher than Stephen Hawking. Amazing. She took Mensa exams at the age of 10. She attends Mensa events. She has written two articles for Mensa, published in the Mensa magazine, one on music and the other on motor neuron prosthetics. And she came, got to the semi-final in The Voice. Talented, talented people. How about young Lydia, 12 years of age? They say she's smarter than Einstein. She started speaking, her father says, at six months. No wonder I've got a book on my shelf entitled Dealing with Talented People. I've, I have so many talented people around me, and you know, talented people aren't always easy to manage. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> so, highly talented people, highly intelligent people, you can think about intellectual intelligence. You can also think about emotional intelligence. What some of us lack by way of intellectual intelligence, we make up with our emotional intelligence. But you have somebody that is lacking emotional intelligence, they never know what to say, they always say the wrong thing, and they do so much damage, even though they may be very, very bright. Intellectual intelligence, emotional intelligence, how about spiritual intelligence? What's that? That's the gift of God at work in you. When you can do more than you could ordinarily do without the Holy Spirit, you do it with the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're talking about today. God's people are spiritually gifted. Abraham, we shall see, was a man of revelation, the father of the faithful, a man of action, no doubt about that, and a great prophet intercessor. So Abraham is our character study today. And you may ask me, why are you going to the Old Testament? You should go to 1 Corinthians, which I will eventually, but you know, in the Old Testament, which is the foundation of the New, we see all of these gifts operating in people's lives over a period of time, and I find it very encouraging. Old Testament, New Testament. One God, the same God, one God, one purpose, one program. Old Testament saints, they're saved by faith just like we are. They were close to God. Some of them even seem closer to God than we've ever been. They're used by God to do extraordinary things. And seeing this work out in their lives in a kind of biographical way is, for me, very, very encouraging. It's also good to see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. I know that you could argue that Holy Spirit was not really fully manifested uh, until the day of Pentecost, and I think there's some argument about that. He's poured out his Spirit upon us in these last days, but the Holy Spirit has always been present right from the very beginning. In the beginning, God created 
the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and formless, and darkness was on the, over the deep, and the Spirit of God, if you're Nigerian, the Spirit of God was moving <laughs> over the surface of the waters. He's never left the Holy Spirit, but present at creation, inspired the prophets, equipped God's people, I believe we can find in the Old Testament virtually every spiritual gift mentioned in 1 Corinthians, except obviously with uh, tongues and interpretation, and even some find that, uh, uh, see traces of that in the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 11, tells us about these gifts. It starts out by saying the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. <laughs> I like that. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of us so that we can be a blessing to others. That's amazing. Then he lists them. And once listed in 1 Corinthians 12, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, all of those we find in the Old Testament and possibly the different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues, that was possibly a New Testament thing, God giving a new gift for a new era of the Holy Spirit. So we come to Abraham. He is a man of revelation. Every man or woman who is full of the Spirit, who is directing their lives by the Holy Spirit, is a recipient of revelation and knows how to move in revelation. I believe revelation is the key to unlocking the door to the supernatural. Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. He didn't take anything of his own initiative. He responded to what God was showing him. And if you and I know how to discern the will of the Father, the mind of the Father by the Holy Spirit, then we can move like Jesus moved. Abraham's revelation begins. It's recorded in uh, Genesis chapter 12 and then in Acts chapter 7 as well. Stephen gives a, 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 an account of it. And Genesis 12 verse 1 says this, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. No wonder Abimelech was in trouble until he got it sorted out. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a revelation! Amazing revelation. Stephen, in his testimony before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 7 starts like this, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was in Mesopotamia. Amazing testimony. A little while ago, I was able to spend virtually the whole day in the Louvre Museum in Paris and had a look at the artifacts relating to this period, 1800 years or so before, before, before Christ and beyond, and to see the old stories coming from Babylonia, coming from Mesopotamia, and everywhere in the museum, same in the British Museum, you find the idols that they were worshipping, the, the heavens, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And here we have Abraham, a worshipper of pagan things, just like everybody else around him, worshipping the created things, not the creator, and the God who made the sun, the moon, the stars, and the heavens spoke to him. An amazing thing is, Abraham received this revelation. We see he's a man of action. Back in Genesis 12, verse 4 says, 
So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Amazing, amazing, carrying revelation. And we see for Abraham to receive that revelation and act upon it, he had to be a man of faith. And because he's a man of faith, he is the father of the faithful. Genesis 15, verse 6. Just a little time before he's meeting with Abimelech. Here we have this wonderful foundational statement. It's the bedrock of the Bible teaching on how we are right with God, how we get saved. Genesis 15, verse 6. And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he, God, accounted it to him for righteousness. Think about that. That's the classical statement of justification by faith and by faith alone. When you believe, God counts you as righteous. And he can do it in a just way because Jesus has carried your sins and his righteousness becomes your righteousness. On the cross, Jesus took our sins that we might receive his righteousness. And so way back in the Old Testament, even before Jesus came, God saved Abraham on credit. The credit bill would be paid at the cross. But God said, Abraham, because you believe me, you are right with me. And now because of that, you can begin a walk of faithfulness. And your saving faith now must be expressed day by day in persevering faith. Paul says... He is the prototype believer. Abraham, our father, the father of all those who believe. What an amazing step forward that is in the biblical revelation of God. And so Abraham continued walking by faith. He believed right to the end. Yeah, there were stumblings on the way. Birth of Ishmael, Isaac, all the way through. Finally, he's prepared to sacrifice his only son by faith, knowing that whatever happens, God was in control. Of course, God prevented him from doing that and said, now I know you believe me. Now I know you'll do what I want you to do. And it's all yours. You're my friend. Wonderful story of Abraham. Now, this tells us, friends, if we want to move in spiritual gifts, God, first of all, be right with God. It's not just about having some ability. It's, uh, it begins with having a relationship with God. So this is all about relationship, and we can see, arguably, that every single spiritual gift that God gives, it is always to boost our relationship with him. So he is a man of revelation, the father of the faithful, but also a man of action. I like it. Romans chapter 4, verse 20 says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Man of action. What's that about at that particular time? This is God bringing Abraham to a mature faith, God revealed himself to him at 75 years of age, 99 years of age. The time was come. Isaac was to be born, a child, a fruit of his own loins, him and Sarah. And there came a time when that faith had to be put into action because it takes more than faith to make a baby. I say it again just in case you didn't get it. 
Yeah, 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 you got it. The man who heard God all those years ago, back in, in, in Haran, he stepped out in faith, following God. All along the line, Abraham is putting his faith into action. At times, he, he takes the wrong action, but he's always seeking to move forward, a man of action, a man of faith. And you know, in this business of moving in the things of the Spirit of God, it does not happen without action. You can't just say, Lord, I, I believe. You have to step out. You have to step out and speak with new tongues. You have to step out and lay hands on the sick. You have to step out and share what God has given you. You have to step out and obey the Holy Spirit. Never, never is it easy. There's always that time when you say, is it me or what's happening? And you can easily back away. But you have to step out in action. God likes men and women of action. And the miracle is not that what we do, the miracle is that when we do it, God is in it because we know what he was telling us to do in the first place. A man of action. Then we come more specifically to what we might call Abraham's spiritual gifts that we see manifested here in this passage. Now, you know the story, we read the story. Abraham is wandering into a certain part of the Near East, and, uh, uh, and there is a king, and the king fancies uh, Abraham's wife. I don't know what kind of cream she was wearing, but, uh, you know, she's certainly a very glamorous lady, and, and Abraham thought, you know, the king's going to get rid of me. You're so attractive, he's going to steal you, so let's say you are my sister. And, of course, he was, because he was the, she was the daughter of one parent, but not the other, but anyway, uh, but it was... Let's say a little bit economic with the truth. A little bit of truth going a long, long way. And she concurred. And uh, so something happened in the household. Remember, Abraham is God's sovereign vessel. Those promises aren't made every day in the Bible. Through Abraham's seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And you've got the whole gospel story there. You've got the rise of the Jewish nation. You've got the kingdoms coming. You've got the covenants. You've got the coming of Jesus. You've got the Holy Spirit coming. You've got the cross. You've got the resurrection, the outpouring of the Spirit upon all nations. All of that is in this promise. Abraham's a sovereign vessel. And so God is protecting him, even when he's being stupid. She's my sister. Oh, no, she's not. So, of course, the king takes her, and, but he doesn't touch her because God withholds that and prevents that. Abimelech, the king, does everything with integrity in his heart in a kind of way. Abraham, with little less integrity, I'll come back to that, but... God speaks to Bimelech in a dream. How would you like to have a dream like this? You're a dead man. You're a dead... Why, what did I do? You've taken a woman that's not... I didn't know. You're going to judge the whole nation? What kind of God are you? Oh, I have looked after you, but you better go restore the wife, and then he's a prophet. He will pray for you, and your family will be healed. I didn't know we were sick. Well, have you noticed there's been no babies born? Yeah, I noticed that. Well, I have made all the women of your household sterile. But when this prophet of God prays for you, something is going to happen. 
You know, prophecy and revelation always opens the door for a miracle. Did you know that? Jesus did nothing but what he saw the Father doing. The revelation of the Father drove Jesus' agenda. And in every situation, every circumstance, Jesus cooperated with the Father, saying, I'm not going to initiate anything. I'm going to follow your direction. And that's the model of ministry for you and I. We follow the direction of the Father through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. This man's going to pray for you and... Your family is going to be healed. So we see that Abraham is also a prophet intercessor. He's a prophet. We don't hear Abraham's prophecies. I don't, but of course his whole life is a prophecy. Uh, he, has, he is the ca- carrying prophetic revelation. He is the fulfillment of prophetic revelation. And he is the one who sows the seeds of future prophetic revelation. He's a prophet. Very significant calling. In this series, we'll come back to it again and again to see how revelation and prophecy, prophetic anointing, is at the heart of spirit filled life. And that's one of the major reasons why God gives us his Holy Spirit. We we will see that as we go through. So, he's a prophet because he carries prophetic revelation. Also notice that he's not perfect. Did you see that? Did you see that? We can, no, no, the wonderful thing about going to the Old Testament is it's all here warts and all, you know, sometimes, don't tell anybody this, it's my secret, it's our secret, when I read the Old Testament and I see, oh, look, he blew it there, oh, thank you, Jesus, (laughs) because I feel encouraged, I feel encouraged, Abraham's not perfect, all right, he's a flawed human being, and so are you and so so am I, we're flawed human beings, it's called indwelling sin, now, we don't just tolerate it. We de- deal with it and move forward, but we don't wait till we're perfect before God uses us. Amen and amen? So, no, he was a flawed human being, which tells us that the gifts of the Spirit are not to do with our ability. They are gifts. You know, at times I, I've watched, over the years, I've watched God do some pretty amazing things through some pretty not-so-amazing people. And I think to myself, God, for all the people that you could have used, you used that dumb person over there. (laughs) Have you noticed? Spiritual gifts are not a sign of how spiritual you are. Spiritual gifts are a sign of how good God is. And so the fruits of the Spirit which we cultivate, that really is our spirituality. And God wants us to walk in the Spirit, surrendering to Him, allowing the fruit, maturity, spirituality to develop, character to be shaped and formed in us. But alongside that, don't wait until you feel you deserve it or you're perfect before God will use you, because you'll never, 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 never be used if you think uh, according to how you deserve. In other words, it will never be you who deserves it. Uh, the answer to that question, how could you use that? Well, I'll use you, Colin, so I can use anybody. Thank you, Jesus. That's enough for me. So he's not perfect, but he is, he's a sovereign vessel. And I think that's a lot behind this story. God is with him because Abraham is God's man. God chose him, sent him out. 
He's going to use him. The destiny of God's saving purposes rests upon this man's life and this man's obedience, and God is protecting him. Don't you touch him. You touch him. You touch. Don't you touch Abraham. Do my prophets no harm. That's why Abimelech was in such trouble. Do you know that when you hook up with the purposes of God, anybody who messes with you is messing with God? Did you know that? Oh, hallelujah. When I, when I was a boy, my older brother's 18 months older than me and my brother Ray. You know, he, he's, he's a big guy. He, he's, he's, one of these, he's one of these guys, and pumping iron guys, lifting cars up with his bare teeth, this kind of thing. And here was I doing my uh, twinkle toes stuff. And I would go to school, and there's always some guy, ah, there goes Colin Dye. We're going to bash him up. Oh, yeah. I said, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You're going to deal with me? You, you mess with me, you mess with my brother. And my brother would walk down like this. Hallelujah. Thank God we've got a bigger brother than a big brother. We've got a big daddy in heaven, and he's going to squash anybody that touches you. Amen and amen. However, however, friends, let him do it his way. You bless them that persecute you. If somebody's rude to you, smile. If somebody strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one. Oh, who said that before? <laughs> okay. So, this is what's encouraging. And you and I, you might look at us uh, and say, do you know, I could never, I haven't been told to leave my father's house, go to a country, I'm going to possess the world. Oh, really? You don't have those promises? You know nothing then if you don't know you have those promises. We inherit the, all the blessings of Abraham. We are in this promise. We are part of it. That's why Abraham is our father. We are part of the outworking of God's covenant promise. And if you are a covenant child, walking by faith and faithfulness, you can be sure that the Holy Spirit will manifest through your life to fulfill God's purposes in you and in those around you. You can be sure about that. Not perfect, but a sovereign vessel. But also he is a great intercessor. Intercessor. Now I'm deliberately stimulating this point because I, stimulating this point because I want to make sure that we have our full round of 24/7 intercessors. We're 20%. Never in the history of Kensington Temple has it been so hard to get people to pray. What is the matter with this generation of KT people? Rise up and pray. Hallelujah. Oh boy. Let me try that again. Let's see if I get a better response. Shall I smile? Rise up and pray. Okay. All right. No, here's the point. When you know how to flow with revelation, intercession is automatic. All intercession, true intercession, begins with revelation. You wait upon God for an understanding of his will, and when you line up with his will, you pray according to his will. Many times, perhaps too many times, Christians are lazy in their praying. They come and say, if it be your will, give me a million pounds, or if it be your will, give me a Rolls Royce, if it be your will, if it be... God says, what do you mean if? Why don't you read my word and discover what my will is? There are times when we do come before God and with the best intention, we, 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 we just don't understand exactly what God's doing. And at that time, to surrender, say, God, I'm not sure, but if this is your will, I, I want your will to be done. A prayer of surrender, 
But a lot of times, we should be able to discern the will of God and then pray accordingly. Not in an arrogant way, but in a prophetic way. That's the link between revelation, prophetic revelation, and intercession. I'll, I'll save you a lot of trouble. A lot of the times when God gives you a word, he's not asking you to blab it. If God sits next to you and, and talks to you and shares a secret with you, don't run around telling everybody. If you had a best friend, and, and what you told your best friend, they were around telling everybody, putting in revival times, it's on the inside, they said, but I told you. You always ask God before you share. And a lot of the times, God will give you a word which you are not supposed to go telling everybody about, but it is helping you to pray. Now, if you go back to Genesis 18, you will see a very, very relevant scripture to this. Verse 17, Genesis 18, verse 17. Here, God is about to judge Sodom. And this is the end of God's patience. And it is serious, big-time judgment coming upon the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God says, shall I hide this thing from Abraham? What am I about to do? Shall I hide it? How can I hide it? What's he saying? Amos 3 verse 7 says, God does nothing but that he reveals it first to his servants, the prophets. So God, in this prophetic revelation, it's about intimacy. It's about communion with God. It's about God sharing his heart with you and you sharing your heart with God. And then when God shares this revelation, I'm coming to judge Sodom, Abraham says, oh, no, 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 no. God, would you destroy the righteous alongside the wicked? Oh, no, no, no. If there were 50 righteous people, you would not destroy it. No. Now then, this is a little bit like Abraham in true Middle Eastern fashion is bartering in the market. Hmm, at least if I can bring him down a bit. Okay, 50, would you do it for 45? No, no, no. 40? No. 30? No. 20? No. 10? Stop. He bargained God down to 10. And God said, if there are 10 righteous people, I would not destroy this city. And at that point, Abraham stopped. He'd reached his limit. God would not allow him to go further. In fact, God even took out Lot and Lot's family out of that place before he judged it. That's how righteous God is. But this business about moving in the spirit, prayer intercession, is not giving you an all-powerful tool that God has to be so that you can manipulate God to do what you want. There is a limit. What authority are you giving me here, Lord? What's your will in this situation? That's why the release of the spiritual gifts in your life are almost certainly in every case, if not every case, most cases, directly related to your ability to hear from God. And so, he begins to pray. And notice, here's another good point. You know, when you come to a city... Cities like Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, we know what they're a byword for, social injustice, sexual immorality in the extreme, and we would say, go on God, zap them, kill them, get rid of them. We are negative and judgmental when we should be compassionate and intercessory. 
That's how God wants us to approach the great issues of our day. When we see stuff happening in our society, that we would say, God, the judgment must be right upon us. Get on your knees and weep and pray with compassion, and out of that will flow such an anointing of God's Spirit, you'll be amazed. So we find now, not only the first example of a prophet, but the link between prophecy, intercession, and healing. It's amazing to see how God says, Abraham's a prophet. He will pray for you, and you will be healed. There is a link between revelation and healing. When we minister in healing services, God will do what he wants, how he wants to do it, but we're always open, always listening. God, what are you saying? What are you doing right now? What are you doing in this person's life? And when we receive a revelation and pray accordingly, we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And notice that when Abraham the prophet prays in line with the will of God, it happens. Because God's purpose is greater than the healing of Abimelech. God's purpose is the furthering of his covenant promise. And all the gifts of the Spirit that we find exhibited in Old Testament times are all about God's covenant purposes. Not just about us and our needs, but God working out his great plan. And for us in the New Testament, the New Covenant, we can say it's all about God's kingdom. God strengthening, establishing his kingdom in our lives, God extending his kingdom through our lives so that it is even greater than our needs. It's about his glory expressed through our lives. And as this happens, we learn the great principles of moving in spiritual gifts. Total dependence on God. God enables those whom he calls So we depend on him for his power to fulfill our calling. Every manifestation of the Spirit is a gift of grace. That's why they are called charismata, the grace gifts of the Spirit. We don't earn it, we don't deserve it. God can use us. And it's all in line with the greater purpose of God, the manifestation of his kingdom. And here we see how God is in control of all of these things. You, don't, you and I don't choose. Say, I want this, I want that. God will give you desires, and you can pursue your desires if they're God-given. But it is God who determines how he works, which is always why we say, God, humbly, show me. But when you show me, I'm ready to do what you call me to do. Mm-hmm.